Well, you know, it's a very real situation, and a lot of folks uh, sometimes will mistake that for uh, perhaps even a heart attack uh, or a heartburn or something up in the chest, uh, an asthma attack, you know, trouble breathing. So we oftentimes find that patients have a sense of dread. It's a sudden episode of intense fear and anxiety with physical symptoms, such as um, shortness of breath, chest pain, headache, fast breathing, uh, hot flashes, chills, sweating, impending doom oftentimes can be a part of these uh, attacks. We can even actually shake or tremor uh, and the heart rate can be elevated. So they're very real uh, and can uh, easily be um, mistaken for other even as serious conditions such as um, heart and lungs. So really important to um, be able to identify what this is and important to seek out your primary care doc if it's something that is certainly ongoing. You mentioned some of the symptoms with that, but if you don't take care of it, and you said the importance of it, talk about long-term effects and can this escalate? Maybe hit that for us. Yeah, uh, certainly. Uh, I find sometimes that patients have suffered uh, for a long time before they actually come in. And so this certainly can have an impact on the body. We talk a lot about women and heart disease. And, you know, anxiety, depression can go hand in hand. These are things that can impact women with regards to heart and stroke risk, men as well. So really important when we look at the long-term effects to make sure that uh, folks are seeking uh, help to discuss these events, discuss these attacks, to make sure we understand what those are all about. You know, they claim, Ray, that uh, uh, about one in five of us have a mental health condition. And so that certainly means that most of us have been touched by a family member or ourselves who have struggled with anxiety or depression. Children, 10% between the ages of 3 to 17 years of age, uh, and about 4.5% of children diagnosed with depression. So these things are very, very real. This is part of the well checks that we do when we see kids for school. We're often asking about, we're asking mom, we're asking the child how we're doing with regards to outdoor activity, staying active, um, if there is anxiety, what are we doing with it? You know, I often find that anxiety represents so many things. And so oftentimes we'll play detective to try and figure out what else could this represent? Where is this coming from? What's gone on in their lives um, or what's underlying that could be feeding this? And so really important to have these conversations, even in our back to school visits uh, and in our well adult visits as well. Dr. Debbie played is with us, Cleveland Clinic, Akron General. When we talk about treatment, Debbie, you talked about conversations. So counseling, I imagine, is part of treatment. Is there also medication? What are the different forms? Yeah, um, counseling is certainly part of this. I often say to patients, I want you to get the tools to be able to help you with this. You know, there's something out there called the 333 rule, and that's if you're in the midst of an attack, be thinking about three things that you see around you, three things that you hear around you, and three parts of the body uh, to try and break that um, uh, anxiety attack. And so there's an example of a tool to be able to learn through therapy, uh, what can I do to uh, really uh, avoid these events? And so getting those tools through therapy can be extremely, extremely uh, uh, helpful. 
Um, we also look at medication. We have a number of meds that we use even in young people if it's necessary. Obviously, we're looking at first at sleep. Uh, we're looking at ap- appetite. We're looking at what kinds of foods. Uh, a lot of the kids that we talk to, Ray, and adults are using quite a bit of caffeine. And as you can imagine, caffeine can egg on uh, an anxiety attack. So really important to go to good history um, to be able to get a sense of what more we need to do before we even start some of these medications. Alcohol can certainly uh, be uh, a concern. Um, we often will encourage writing it out. Journaling can be very, very helpful. Open the book, journal, close the book, close the worry, close the anxiety, and move on for the day can be very, very helpful. Some folks will actually even use fragrance of some kind for therapy. Uh, Talking to someone, as we are mentioning, walking it off, drinking water, deep breathing, really helpful. We hear a lot about mindfulness, yoga, things along those lines. Very, very uh, helpful. Lots of apps out there that our adults and even our young teenagers are using to work with this. But lots of other options medication-wise if we feel necessary. And we often find that the medication and the combination of therapy gaining the tools can be very, very helpful. Great combination. Let me ask you this, Debbie. Can this be family inherited when we talk about anxiety, panic attacks, and additional stress like that? Uh, great question, Ray. I have several families where I know all of the generations and have known them for years, and there is no question that uh, anxiety or depression can certainly be genetic or inherited. And so we can't pick our genetics, um, and it's important to know those genetics. And so family history becomes very, very important when we are getting a good history as to why this child, this teenager, or this adult is really struggling with this. Prior uh, lifetime experiences certainly. So really digging into some of that can be helpful to help the patient understand where some of this is coming from. I've had some patients, Ray, with anxiety that are really uh, trying to understand uh, their gender identity. And once that's been identified, that anxiety is tremendously reduced. And so it can come from a number of areas of possibilities um, and certainly coming through COVID, looking at school demands, uh, looking at financial demands, um, uh, there's lots of uh, concerns out there. And sometimes this can be very hidden, and folks will struggle silently. And so very, very important uh, that you have a relationship with a care provider to be able to help link you to the areas where you can get help, because this does impact us long-term when it comes to other medical conditions, and I think that's what's so important. Yeah, and it can impact uh, different family members as well if you don't take it take care of it it can trickle down to a mom a dad a grandparent or a child seeing this going on so as debbie mentioned make sure you try to take care of this debbie let me ask you this because you touched on a couple of things and certainly we can see this sometimes inside our household and you mentioned getting up off the couch and moving a little bit Uh, does exercise kind of calm that uh that anxiety a little bit is that a big player in this Yeah, absolutely. An active exercise plan is so important. I often will say to patients, where are you dumping some of this stress that you're Mm -hmm. going through? And when they're not very active, um, you know, it becomes really important to even just getting outside, Ray, and sitting outside can be helpful. But no question, a walk, a run. Uh, playing basketball, jump rope. It doesn't need to be, um, you know, something extremely physical that someone may not be able to endure. Uh, But some kind of yoga 
can be extremely helpful. But physical activity and good sleep habits really important. When our sleep is disrupted as a result of this or uh, uh, setting us up for this, that can be extremely difficult. So good sleep habits, getting back on board with falling asleep, staying asleep, and feeling well-rested, very, very important.